Xbox On. Welcome to Xbox On, a podcast with one host about one console, the Xbox One. I am said host, Jesse DeRosa, and on today's episode, we'll be talking the latest Xbox news for the week of October 24th, 2019, including Call of Duty Modern Warfare will not have loot boxes, I promise. NBA 2K20 is literally the most important thing in video game history. Microsoft expects gaming revenue to decline over the next year and more, so stay tuned. As always, I'd like to start this week off with just a little, uh, a little bit of a preface, and that is, you know, at my work, we've been having a lot of discussion lately about fast food and kind of the stigma around it. You know, I feel like a lot of people in, in this country or a lot of people in our society just feel this pressure to have this kind of universal agreement that fast food's disgusting because we know it's unhealthy. We know it's not, you know, the highest quality, but I think there's a little bit of inconsistency with that because Despite, you know, everyone kind of universally shaking their head, yeah, Taco Bell is, you know, 2 a.m. drunk food and McDonald's is disgusting. The reality is, I think people pretty much universally agree that these restaurants are absolutely awesome. And I think the fact that these restaurants, you know, thrive and do such great business is a testament to that. And so I'd just like to, you know, give a shout out to you. To my favorite, you know, my favorite fast food joints because, yeah, sure, they're not the highest quality food, maybe not the best meal you've ever had, but fast food's damn good food. And, you know, this week Popeye's Chicken, you know, the chicken place Popeye's put out this amazing new voodoo chicken tenders and they're like made in conjunction with voodoo donuts and they're, uh, they have this like spicy, tangy, sweet sauce on them and they're just phenomenal. And I just want people to be able to appreciate the culinary art in that and throw out there that, you know, I think there's a lot of cross-pollination with the with the video game audience and the fast food audience. And if you're one of those people that just kind of, you know, in, in public says things like, oh, yeah, McDonald's is gross, Popeye's is gross, I urge you to go ahead and give these voodoo chicken tenders a, a try. And, and to maybe next time you have the opportunity to speak on behalf of these poor, innocent fast food chains that don't, you know, that struggle to have a voice, you know, maybe... Maybe be at their defense because chances are you're eating at these places at least once every couple of weeks. So maybe don't talk smack about them and give those voodoo tenders a try. And together we can help people that are closeted about their love of fast food to embrace the beautiful nature of, of these eating establishments. All right, now on to this week's episode all about Burger King's Sneak King game for Xbox 360. <laughs> Calm the hell down, Call of Duty fans. Uh, our first story this week, as promised by Activision, Call of Duty Modern Warfare will not include loot boxes. Rather, it will implement a different microtransaction that audiences are seemingly less deterred by for arbitrary reasons. That's right, a battle pass system will be making its way to this year's Call of Duty in an effort to both satiate fans of the franchise that don't want the game to be watered down by loot boxes while still fattening Activision's wallet. This is significant due to rumors that were permeating Reddit in recent weeks that the game might include microtransactions. Looks like Activision was telling the truth all along, however, setting a perfect example of why consumers shouldn't be so quick to question big businesses because they really do have our best interests at heart. 
For those of us that have been living under a rock, a battle pass is this thing that you buy once every few months for a video game as it transitions to new seasons. A battle pass allows players to unlock and work towards earning specific goods uh, that are guaranteed for the player, providing that they complete specific tasks and objectives during that in-game season. Generally, these things cost around 10 bucks per season. There you go. That's some good news about Call of Duty. Now, I almost wonder if they kind of had like a plan A, plan B for this, where like their first route was to go with microtransactions, like typical loot boxes. And then they decided to go the battle pass route after kind of testing the water or kind of seeing how people were already kind of in an uproar. I, I don't actually believe, again, that's the more conspiratorial side of me. I don't actually believe that's something they were considering. But, you know, this is a perfect example. To me, actually, I see this and I think, like, battle passes are generally something we see in, like, your Battle Royale games. Like, Apex Legends has it, Fortnite has it. And I'm a little surprised we don't see battle passes more in games like Call of Duty or Star Wars Battlefront, where it's like, this is just, like, su such a better, like, halfway point, right, kind of compromise for everyone because the Battle Pass, like, I've never bought a Battle Pass for Apex Legends, and I play that game all the time, and it's, like, a very inoffensive kind of loot box. It's it's there for the diehards that need it, and it's if you don't need it, it's just total bullshit that you can easily ignore, and the game's not constantly banging on your door begging you to buy it. Um, and then in addition to that, even if you do go ahead and buy it, I don't think battle passes are really a bad value if you are the kind of person who's going to pour dozens and dozens of hours every month into this into these games. So I'm totally okay with this. I don't, again, as I, I, I jokingly kind of called it a, um, you know, mentioned how people seem to arbitrarily not mind battle passes, but they get up in arms over loot boxes. And I understand, like, the battle pass is a little less offensive because it tells you what's in it. It tells you what you need to do in order to unlock everything. It's a lot more, like, attainable and kind of concrete, whereas loot boxes are a lot more gambly, where it's like, you never know what you're going to get. You just have to keep grinding and spending money in hopes that you get these things you want, and there's no guarantee you'll ever get them all. I, I, I get that. Uh, but, I, I mean, I guess... I don't know why it just never clicked with me, but it's like, I think the battle pass is a pretty good compromise for, for games that have loot boxes that are pissing people off. I don't understand why more of them don't go the battle pass route. Now I understand there's more potential to make money on a, on a, a traditional loot box, because again, you know, that idea of like whales, you know, you find those people with gambling addictions who are going to spend way more money than they should on a game. But I feel like, you know, with the battle pass, you probably have the opportunity to penetrate a larger market because I, I would assume that there are far more people who are likely to purchase a battle pass than there are people who would buy loot boxes. I've never purchased either ever in a video game, but if I if I were going to go for one, I I think I would absolutely go for battle pass. So I don't know. I, I don't think that's a really a bad compromise. And uh, so that's what's going on in Call of Duty Modern Warfare. You guys can shut the fuck up. If you're gonna have if you're gonna be outraged about that game, remember to fixate it on the fact that they they have an entire mode that is only on PlayStation Four for a full fucking year, which is bullshit and the sole reason why i'm not buying that game uh but let's move on keeping with memberships uh, or in-game transactions bethesda has announced a monthly subscription for fallout 76 called fallout first the new service brings the ability to set up private worlds that can host seven other friends in these private servers mod support will not be allowed immediately but bethesda says to stay tuned as they plan to add to private worlds as time goes on. Another feature coming to the membership is a scrap box where players can store infinite amounts of crafting materials. Additionally, Bethesda is adding 1,650 atoms per month, which can be used uh, on different microtransactions in the online store. 
If you cancel your membership at any point, you will not lose any rewards you've already claimed. The service runs for about 13 bucks per month, $100 per year, and the service is available right now. So, you know, just when you thought this game couldn't get any worse, you got a $13 a month. So let me put this into perspective for you. You can pay $13 a month in Fallout 76 and have the ability to host private servers for you and your friends and, and get some little, like, gimmies, like some in-game currency and uh, enlist storage for your, your items. $13 a month. Or for $2 more, you can just get a month of Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live with the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Or you could just, for $3 less, you could just get a month of Xbox Game Pass without Xbox Live and just have access to a fucking fuck ton of uh, library of amazing games ranging in from like older games to brand new games to, to from like shooters to strategies to greasy RPGs to everything you could fucking imagine for $3 less a month. So, you know, that's if you for some reason hate yourself so much. That you're not only still playing Fallout 76, but you'd be willing to give Bethesda more money for that game. This is a thing you can now do. So whoever buys this, you guys are the absolute worst. Our next story, we've got some, uh, we got a little update on our, our buddy Mikey Barra. So let's uh, let's see where he's at. Um, so the story reads: A few weeks ago, Microsoft Services head Mikey Barra announced that he would be leaving Microsoft to go and pursue a new career. Although we didn't know just what that new career would be. Well, news has now broke that the former Xbox exec will be heading over to the greasy nerd cave of Blizzard Entertainment. Ibarra's new role as executive VP and general manager will have him overseeing all the most popular games in the lonesome world of PC gaming, like World of Warcraft, Heroes of the Storm, Overwatch, Hearthstone, Diablo, Starcraft, among many more MLG games for kids with gauges and whooshy purple hair. Ibarra made the announcement on his Twitter, which said, quote, I'm very happy to announce I'm joining as executive vice president and general manager starting November 4th. We will work with all of our energy to serve gamers with incredible content and experiences. I can't wait to be a part of this team, end quote. Ibarra will begin his job overseeing Overwatch porn and Korean StarCraft Twitch streams after BlizzCon ends in November 2019. Wishing you all the best, Ibarra, and thanks for abandoning us. This sounds like he was poached to me, you know? Like, he was working at Microsoft, and Blizzard came and kind of recruited him and offered him an opportunity and some money that he couldn't refuse, and that's why he jumped ship. I can't imagine things were going bad at Microsoft. I think Microsoft... If you're working at Microsoft, especially in, in such a high position like he was, this has to be an exciting time to be with Microsoft, you got to think, because they're about to launch a new console. They're really on the brink of kind of transcending the current game climate as we think of it, which is like boxes, like generational boxes of hardware in video games. They're really, you know, with Game Pass and Project X Cloud and everything. I think Xbox is really on the brink of changing how we think about gaming, and this is just a really exciting time as they move into Project Scarlet, which will be no doubt an opportunity for them to kind of reposition themselves and remarket themselves and kind of win back some of the goodwill of the gaming market. And I, you would just think this isn't a, really a time where if you work at Microsoft, you want to leave Microsoft. So this, to me, reads he was poached by Blizzard, and that's why he's no longer here. So they must have really seen the potential and appreciated, you know, his efforts at Microsoft and, and wanted to kind of apply that over at Blizzard, which, you know, isn't, if you think about it, I see this, I mean, obviously VP and general manager of, of the company, it's a massive title. It's a large, full, all-encompassing title, but with his experience working with Xbox in terms of services like Game Pass and Xbox Live, which are just undoubtedly the best services in the 
in you know video game history you have literally the best online platform ever made for video games and then the best subscription service or way to play video games ever you want that guy if you're a blizzard and you're trying to position battle.net and kind of grow your online platform in this ever increasing competitive market where you now have like the uh what's that stupid thing called the epic store in in steam of course who's always been number one in the pc market you want that kind of competitive edge so you need someone with that pedigree and someone with that record of really helping spearhead these great services um which you know is mikey barra so i totally get why blizzard would want someone like this and i think they must have offered him a fuck ton to have him uh jump ship so that's that's my guess uh, as to what happened but nonetheless all the best of luck to mikey barra He's a fucking traitor. All right, our next story is that the Xbox Game Bar on Windows 10 has just received an update that enables FPS counter and achievement tracking. This update is now out and will be automatically pushed to Windows 10 PCs. And this description of all this nerdy shit comes directly from Xbox Wire, which reads, With the Xbox 2019 Game Bar update, we're introducing highly requested frames per second counter to the performance overlay on Xbox Game Bar. For the performance junkies, we're also giving more control over which system resources are tracked and displayed on screen, and adding graphical options so you can customize the look and the feel of the overlay, including transparency. Also, Achievement Hunters, you can now track your Xbox achievements from within the game bar using the brand new achievements overlay. Beginning today, you can pin your progress towards the new achievements as you play or pull the overlay with the new quick win plus G key to view your game's achievements list and individual achievement details. New achievement notifications will open Xbox Game Bar instead of the Xbox Console Companion app, so checking out this newly unlocked achievement will keep you in-game and ready for what's next without missing a beat. To enable the achievements overlay in this game, simply select from within the overlay menu at the top of your screen. So that first part with the FPS counter and all that, that's some nerdy shit I can't really speak to, but that achievement thing is really nice. Kind of keeps in the game, keeps you able to track and follow your achievement progress without having to open into new tabs. I see this kind of as their kind of equivalent of like the achievement toast where like you're able to just get all the information you need about achievements on screen while you're playing Xbox as a, as opposed to like unlocking achievement, pulling down the Xbox guide button and then being pulled into, you know, a, a menu that explains achievements and kind of pausing the game and all that stuff. So it just keeps the action going, keeps allows you to be able to focus on your achievements while also just staying in the game. These are some nice little updates here and there that make Xbox gaming even easier and more comfortable for those of you that refuse to sit in front of a TV screen and play a video game and just and just got to do it at the desk, got to do it at the computer screen. All right, so let's get into some new holiday events taking place in some video games. You might you might remember Apex Legends just got a Halloween event. Well, now it looks like Borderlands 3 is going to get one too. So just in time for Halloween, Borderlands 3 is getting a free content update, that, and it's, it's available now through December 5th. I don't know why December 5th is still Halloween, but the event is called Bloody Harvest, and it takes place post-campaign. So you gotta you got to beat this freaking game in order to get there. Players will encounter haunted enemies and earn hectoplasm it's like ectoplasm and and hector all in one earn enough of it to earn enough of it to gain entry into the bloody harvest map but beware of ghosts and deal uh, that uh, beware of ghosts that deal stat debuffs earn loot and other nerdy stuff you damn nerds because that's what you do in borderlands 3 and uh, conversely destiny 2 will also be hosting a halloween event which should come as no surprise as they almost always do so returning for the 2019 season is destiny 2's festival of the lost i think they've done this every year of destiny except 
for the year Destiny 2 launched. I could be wrong. Uh, but running th now through November 19th, players will be able to earn cosmetics and themed items by completing various activities. While it doesn't matter what version of the game you have or what platform you're playing on, players will need to have at least a light level of 770 in order to engage with the event. I don't know how, how high that is because I haven't played Destiny in like a year, but... I think that's pretty high, so I don't know how the new expansion has changed things, so hopefully that's not like limiting a bunch of players from being able to get in on this content. But if you liked your Apex Legends Halloween event, if you're enjoying your infection mode on Halo 5, which is there year-round, but just most suitable to play during Halloween, you know, jump on in, get get in this shit. More Halloween stuff, go play World War Z, spooky stuff, zombie stuff, Halloween stuff, don't play that new zombie land game because $40 is ridiculous for an indie top-down shooter but next up we've got a story that's really gonna knock your socks off if you love sports games which I know you don't because gamers think it's cool to hate sports so our next story is about the NPD charts focusing mainly on what's happening with NBA 2k so not only was NBA 2k 20 the best-selling game of September 2019 it was also the best-selling game of 2019 which simply means this game is fucking massive so think about that for a second Kingdom Hearts 3 came out at the beginning of this fucking year and it sold like crack because disgusting people like Kingdom Hearts 3. And it's it got outsold by NBA 2K, which has only been out for a month. It's fucking staggering. This marks the best launch month for sales for any sports game in the history of video games. Proving that once again, basketball is becoming a serious behemoth in both the sports arena and video games. It is not to mention the fact that the game is also available as a free-to-play garbage mobile game. Although I'm pretty sure that has nothing to do with this sales-wise. I just had to mention that in case... Somehow that affects something MPD track, tracks, which I, I don't think it does. Uh, so pretty much this game is just insanely, stupidly successful, um, which means, you know, like I said, it's outsold Kingdom Hearts 3, it's outsold Days Gone, Madden 2020, Gears 5, The Division, all these massive games of, of 2019 out, outsold within a month by NBA 2K20, so that's pretty impressive. In addition to the news that NBA 2K20 is taking over the world, the NPD also released the remaining nine best-selling games for the month of September, which are in order after NBA. Uh, Borderlands 3 at the number two spot, FIFA 20, which I'm surprised FIFA 20 is not at number one or two. That's this is why I'm confused. This is why this is this is why it's a news story, people. I just FIFA is such a fucking big deal, and now basketball is beating it. Our next game in there at the number four spot is The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening on Switch. Madden NFL 20 at five. Number six we see Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Gears 5, Code Vein. NHL 20 and at the number 10 spot we've got Mario Kart 8 who the fuck knows that's so goddamn in their game from like seven years ago just hanging out the number 10 best selling spot uh notable uh Minecraft's not on here Grand Theft Auto 5 isn't on here you know your usual suspects uh and I think that's because we're starting to get into that fall fall season um where we see you know all the big games of the year releasing like your sports titles Madden FIFA NBA you'll always see those three on there they're fucking massive NHL good to see it even on there at all I know that game that franchise was kind of taking a dive in quality for a while there it seems like it's bounced back a bit it's it's on the top 10 selling it's it's doing well again good for you Borderlands 3 that should come as no surprise that it's on there it's at the number two spot that makes sense Ghost Recon Breakpoint which has been not doing as well as uh you would think for a Ghost Recon game uh, but you know it's hanging in there Gears 5, it's actually I'm impressed to see Gears 5 even on this list at all because I would expect Gears 5 to have sold like absolute shit thanks to Game Pass, but I, it must be doing all right to some capacity because here it is at the number seven spot, we got Gears 5. So let's think, that's September. Gears 5 came out very early in September and it came in at the number seven spot 
despite the fact that it was likely most played via Game Pass. So I'm going to take that as a as a sign that Gears Five is actually doing pretty well. If it because I like I said I was curious to see how Gears Five would 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 do. The fact that it's even on the NPD charts is impressive to me. Like I would expect it to be at nine, ten, or not even on here. Honestly, I would expect it to end up within the fifteen to twenty kind of range. But I mean, that just shows. Of course, you got your people that just insist on hanging on to physical media or, or buying their games. They don't want to subscribe and not own the games. So you got that. I mean, it's just we saw this game do so well thanks to Game Pass, thanks to being available on Game Pass, and the fact that it still sold well outside of Game Pass to even chart is pretty impressive. Beat NHL 20. It beat that six-year-old Mario game. So good for you, Gears 5. I'm, I'm glad to see it's able to chart, even despite having mostly been played via Game Pass, which is, in my opinion, a sign that Gears 5 is is doing quite well. Only time will tell if that's the case, but here's, here's hoping, because goddamn does Xbox need a win, and goddamn does the Coalition deserve a win, because Gears 5 was fantastic. Moving into our next story, a, a more enduring story, if you will. It seems like the greatest tech company is teaming up with the greatest fast food taco chain. It always comes back to fast food. And for those that are confused, I am, of course, talking about Microsoft and Taco Bell. For a limited time, those that purchase a $5 Xbox food box from Taco Bell via the Taco Bell app or online will receive an email with a code to try out Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for 14 days free. And if it's your first time subscribing to the service, which it absolutely shouldn't be, you'll get an additional 30 days on top of that, providing you set up reoccurring payment methods. So what are you waiting for? Get out there, eat more Taco Bell. I recommend the chicken chalupas. They're delicious. And yes, I deem this story as more significant than Fortnite Chapter 2 or any of the other big news stories in gaming that I have neglected to cover on this podcast. So that's just an amazing story. It's just beautiful to see two wonderful companies getting along together and kind of bringing the best of both worlds. You know, you, you got your Game Pass, you got your Xbox, you got your chicken chalupas, and it all culminates in this beautiful symphony of flavors and endorphins and, and, and experiences. And I just think we're lucky to live in such a beautiful country where we can appropriate another culture's food and we can dominate a traditionally Japanese-centric uh, entertainment form and just make them so American and just make them so unashamed to be loud, proud and in, in your face. And I just think if you can if you can get out there to your local Taco Bell and support and support your local American business and then go home and play your Xbox and you're doing your country a service. And I'm just so goddamn proud to be a part of this country. Oh, but it gets even better than that. As our next story goes, the unexpectedly great 2015 open world first person zombie parkour game. Dying Light is getting a crossover event with the greatest zombie game of all time, Left 4 Dead 2. Unfortunately, we don't really know just what this content is at the moment, as all we got was a tweet announcement from the Dying Light Twitter account that said, Survivors, are you ready for some serious zombie slaying? Hashtag Left 4 Dead 2 style is coming. Gross. Uh, the tweet was accompanied by a photo of survivors fending off a horde of infected with Left 4 Dead 2 melee weapons, like a machete and an electric guitar or something like that. Um, while we don't really know the nature of this crossover just yet, like I said, it's certainly going to be the absolute greatest thing to happen in all of video game history, as Valve uh, will literally never give us a third entry in the much-beloved Left 4 Dead franchise. So this is super exciting because if you haven't played... I, I, I know you played Left 4 Dead 2. Who the fuck hasn't? You're a horrible person if you haven't. You're pretty much... I, I, I don't like to be one of those people... That goes out, you know, throwing, like, accusing people they don't truly know uh, for misintended words as, you know, bigots or Nazis or racists. But 
you're pretty much all of those things if you haven't played Left 4 Dead 2. So just know that that's something you have to live with, and you will take that to your fucking grave until you rectify that and go play Left 4 Dead. But Dying Light was is, is a really f- fantastic zombie game that had absolutely no right being as good as it is. It was developed by Techland, the people that made the original Dead Island, which actually sucked. And I think they made Dead Island Riptide, which also sucked. Uh, and then they didn't make Dead Island 2. In fact, Dead Island 2 is like a fucking horror. It's like everyone has had their turn with it, but still the game's never going to come out. So don't don't think about Dying Light 2. But in, or don't think about Dead Island 2 rather. Dying Light 2 is a game in development right now from Techland, which comes out I believe next spring. But yeah, it looks like Dying Light, which released in 2015, is getting some DLC, some updates, some crossover. And it has to do with Left 4 Dead 2, which is just such a beautiful mashup. I assume, you know, based on that photo in particular, I think it just means you'll be getting some Left 4 Dead 2 weapons and items to play with. But maybe you'll get some, like, skins and, like, I don't know, fucking armor or clothing pieces that make you look like the Left 4 Dead characters. Which won't be all that impressive since the game's played from the first-person perspective anyway. But anyway, that's, I mean, that's just fucking cool because... It's a really awesome zombie game paired with the ultimate best zombie game of all time, and it's it's happening now. It's happening around Halloween, so that's fun. Definitely, we'll keep an eye on that story as, as, as we continue to learn more, and I don't know why they would announce it and not have specific details. You would think that's something they want to have out like any day now as we uh, near the end of October, but... Let's just be happy we're getting something at all. Certainly, this is a great way to drum up hype for Dying Light 2, while uh, also kind of captivating an audience of gamers that may never have played Dying Light, which is the the Left 4 Dead fan base. But our next story here today is going to be about some sad news. Not really. Just a, an update kind of on where Microsoft and the Xbox platform are at financially. So today, Microsoft revealed in its quarterly earnings report that gaming revenue had declined 7%. While content and services revenue stayed flat, hardware revenue took a nosedive, falling 34% over the period of this quarter. In their earnings call that took place just hours later, Microsoft said it expects gaming revenue to decline by about 20% in the next year as Xbox One winds down and we near closer to the launch of Project Scarlet. Of course, Microsoft expects to see Xbox One hardware sales continue to fall as they head into the next fall before the Scarlet launches on both store shelves and in our hearts. So this actually doesn't come as a surprise to me at all. Pretty much Gears 5 is the only release on Xbox this year of any consequence. Sorry, Crackdown 3. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think what we see is, think about it like this. When Phil Spencer came into uh, came into his position of power after Don Matrix left pretty early in the Xbox One's life, the first few years were about turning the ship around, right? It was cutting Connect out, dropping the price, refocusing the marketing on games, 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 and really reconnecting with the gamers, you know? And we did this through backwards compatibility and through Xbox Game Pass and through just making the Xbox One what is undoubtedly the friendliest, greatest platform for gamers. I know people love to say, well, they like to hang on to how the PlayStation 4 was marketed as for gamers from the get-go, so the PlayStation 4 is a gamer's console. I'll be honest with you, I love PlayStation 4. I have a PlayStation 4. The PlayStation 4 is an awful piece of hardware. It absolutely sucks. It has fantastic exclusives, but PlayStation Now sucks. PlayStation Plus sucks. That console has a horrible internet it has horrible internet capabilities. Just try getting on the PlayStation Store and searching for a goddamn... Like, I, I don't even know. Maybe if you live in fucking San Francisco and you have amazing internet, it works. I don't know. I have great internet here where I live in Florida. And I have no problem using the internet just fine on all of my electronic devices except my goddamn PS4. However, the I, I mean, I'm, I'm on a huge tangent here. But what I'm getting at is 
the PlayStation 4 is just an awful system when it comes to services, speed, functionality, features, all of that shit. It just sucks. It has great games on it, though. And you can't fault anyone for loving a console with fantastic games. The Xbox One has been just the opposite. It is a fantastic console that runs beautifully, has tons of options and features. It's so rich and complete. It has something for everyone. It's just incredible. There's literally, It's literally the greatest platform for gamers ever made with all of its services, with how robust it is, with how fast and smooth it is, with how accessible it is. Everything about the Xbox One is incredible. It doesn't have the games. And I see, I, I think what we saw was X, the team at Xbox. I mean, that's such a crazy tangent. I don't, sorry, I get so passionate because no one ever calls out the PlayStation 4 for being as absolutely useless as it is when it comes to its hardware and services. But anyway, the I mean, the Xbox One, I think Microsoft took it as basically like it was already a, a lost cause by the time we were into year two or three of the console. So what we've really seen is just the Xbox One generation hasn't been about, well, how many triple a amazing games can we punch out in the next three or four years because it just wasn't possible especially with the first party output they had so it was about positioning this whole generation has been a game from phil spencer's team it's been a, a generation of positioning about getting game pass into the minds of gamers about getting it off the ground project x cloud getting it off the ground acquiring studios getting them ready and primed for next generation about re, re, you know, getting uh, Xbox One X out there to, to convey to gamers that Microsoft is here because we're about powerful consoles that play games, games, games. And now that they really have all those cards set up, we're ready to go into the next generation of Scarlet and, and say, you know, here are all the brand new studios we acquired. Here are all the games they're working on. They're all coming to Scarlet. Here's those amazing services we have, Game Pass, Project xCloud, everything. You'll be able to play so many games in so many ways because Xbox. And they'll have, you know, backwards compatible. It's so it's such a rich, robust library of backwards compatible titles because we've been working on it for so long. And we got our amazing game pads. We got our elite controllers. We got all this shit because they basically took the Xbox One generation as a wash and used it as six years of priming this brand to be all about games and gamers and being as robust as it can be which is why i keep saying in 2020 2021 when scarlet really starts coming out and, and getting getting going it's going to be a force to be reckoned with because it's the that's what xbox has been doing it's just getting ready for this moment and so i guess where i'm getting at is i it's no surprise i mean that's such a long tangent such an unnecessary long tangent but what i'm getting at is this is why, I mean, it's no surprise that Xbox is seeing decline in revenue and, and engagement and why they expect to keep seeing that over the next year. Because the next year is, again, it's just not about saving the Xbox One. It's about repositioning the brand to make the Scarlet successful and to make you know people aware that Xbox is more than just the Scarlet. It's also Windows 10 PCs. It's also any device that can run Project X Cloud, Xbox is everywhere. It's ubiquitous, um, and that's that's where we're getting at. So, I, I mean, even I mean, even with PS4, I'm pro I'm sure you'll probably start seeing sales. If if not already, I'm sure they'll start start seeing sales drop like crazy. Um, as we now know a lot about PS5 and head into that new generation as well. So. This is just pretty normal at the end of a console lifespan to see revenue for hardware fall in particular. But to see, honestly, to see, they say content and services kind of stay flat. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest, because the fact that it didn't drop is a good thing, obviously. But I would expect more people to be getting on Game Pass than ever before, especially with things like Gears 5. So I would assume Gears 5 is what helped keep, keep it stagnant at the very least. But I wouldn't have been surprised if we saw that actually going up a little bit. But I guess, you know... 
it's not just services, it's just content and services. So that includes video games as well, of which there haven't been very many. Not only is this just a, a very slow year for Xbox exclusives, but just for third-party content in general, this fall in general is just a pretty quiet fall compared to some previous years. I mean, in the next month, yeah, I, in the next few weeks, we got a lot of stuff coming, but overall, you know, this this September through December period has been one of, a, one of the slower, quieter ones in recent years. So overall, these numbers aren't, aren't concerning and aren't surprising. Um, they should be expected. And uh, what will be the problem is if Scarlet comes out and Microsoft isn't able to start, you know, building and, and climbing and recouping, which I think is the plan. And I think that's what will happen unless they come out the gate and fuck up catastrophically with Project Scarlet, which I just don't see happening. All right, now that I'm off my soapbox, we'll go into our, own, our, our next story, uh, which is about Bleeding Edge, a new Xbox exclusive that you may have seen at E3. So shortly after the game's announcement during E3 2019, players were able to get in on the Bleeding Edge technical alpha for Xbox One. Now, PC players also have the ability to get a chance to partake in this early build of Microsoft's first exclusive from their newly acquired studio, Ninja Theory. The alpha takes place today on October 24th. At the time of this recording, this this alpha will be just about to start. It takes place tonight from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, so get, now, get ready now if you want to play. Just You go on to the Bleeding Edge website and sign up for that alpha, and then they'll email you with details if you want to get in on that. Also know that the alpha is cross-save, so if you've already played the Xbox alpha, you'll be able to carry over any of your data from that because that's awesome. And then uh, for those that are just uninitiated, Bleeding Edge is a new 4v4 multiplayer game from Ninja Theory, the makers of Hellblade, DMC, Heavenly Sword, among other games that feature, and, and this game features a kind of hero multiplayer arena experience, but with a focus on melee combat think like overwatch but instead of guns it's about melee and instead of uh like weird gross anime characters it's about like other gross kinds of characters but you hear that liberal media this game this game doesn't have any guns so shut up kotaku but yeah so there's a ton of characters in that game go look into that more if you haven't it's kind of a weird game to see from ninja theory but i'm glad to see them making a game they want to make and not a game they're forced to make so the, i mean when you see when you see a studio have such a wealth of, of game or such a diversity of games like the ones they have that just shows you that they're interested in trying new things and different products and i appreciate that as a, as opposed to them just feeling compelled to make sequels to the same thing or to make many games that are that are just basically the same thing over and over again, like the uh, Souls games. Uh, our next story is that keeping with the newly acquired Xbox Studios, Compulsion Games, makers of We Happy Few, are in the process of hiring new AAA talent in an effort to boost their dev capabilities. According to a LinkedIn profile change, Compulsion Games is hiring experienced AAA developers uh, to try to make games of higher esteem. The studio, founded in 2009, has only put out two games since their founding, 2013's Contrast and We Happy Few, which sat in early development for a long-ass time before officially being released last year. Despite initial hype for the game, We Happy Few went on to not make much of a splash. While there's no official word on just what the studio has been up to for their next project as an official Xbox team, here's hoping that these new hires are a sign of good things to come. So, I mean, that shouldn't be surprising, you know, with the new money, the funding, and the backing of Xbox. Um, hopefully, you know, they're ramping up their studio and kind of increasing 
Compulsion Games, you know, I always saw them as kind of a smaller studio anyway, uh, so it doesn't surprise me. You know, We Happy Few, the, the fact that I had that kind of roguelike procedurally generated content kind of striked me as, well, you know, they're probably a smaller team that doesn't have the resources and the capabilities to really make the big, massive game they probably want to make, so they're kind of relying on some technological cheats to kind of work around that. Uh, so I, I just, again, I haven't ever played We Happy Few. It's been on my on my to-do list for a long time just never got around to it it seemed interesting when they revealed it and then it seemed kind of like it fell off when they showed that like roguelike early access shit they started doing all the things that you don't want to do if you want to get a jesse interest in your game but i'm excited to see what they're going to make now with the money and the backing of microsoft hopefully they have the time to take to make the game they want and the they they're able to get the talent they want and the, and the team size they need in order to accomplish whatever ambitious project i'm sure it is they're they're looking to make next so Compulsion Games is definitely one of the studios that Microsoft's acquired to keep to keep a really curious eye on because they're one of like the least established developers Microsoft has in their in their wheelhouse. You know, it's not like Obsidian where they have a long, rich history of making phenomenal games. They're not like I don't know. It's just it's just so it's just so weird to me that Microsoft acquired these guys, but they must have seen something in them. So I'm assuming that we're gonna get something cool from these guys, but it's just gonna take some time. So whatever their next project is, I assume we're gonna be waiting a while and. Uh, We'll just have to stay curious and excited as to whatever that is. Uh, so let's wrap up this week with a couple little stories. We've got uh, Darksiders Genesis, a Diablo-like j- dungeon crawler spinoff of the Darksiders franchise, has officially received a release date. The PC version of the game will release on December 5th, just a few short weeks away, but unfortunately the game won't be coming to Xbox until February 14th, which is a little too close to the rush of spring 2020 games releasing uh, for my liking. A new trailer dropped along with the release date announcement, so be sure to check that out after the podcast, or just stay tuned till the end of the show when I do an interpretive dance that encapsulates the tone of the new trailer. I don't know why I'm excited to play this game. Darksiders is a weird franchise. Everything about it is like something I shouldn't like, but I've always been drawn to it. No idea why. The aesthetic, the setting, everything about it is just not my thing, but the first one really really just looks I don't know all these games just look so good to me for some stupid reason I recently started playing the first one it was actually a lot of fun and I fell off really fast the second one I hear is more like a like a Zelda game which I'm not very interested in and then the third one's kind of like uh they say it's like a Souls-like game but the third one the third one's the one that looks the best to me I just something about it I just like I think that main character that chick with the uh with like the fire and everything she just looks really cool i, I want to play that game someday but yeah that's a, that's all happening right now they're they're making that top down dungeon crawler spin-off uh which i'm i'm intrigued to play i, I think i'll get around to that at some point uh, but you know check out that trailer if you're interested in that if you like diablo games if you're if you're disappointed about the fact that the next diablo game is a mobile game maybe you can look into darksiders genesis and maybe that will satiate you or hold you over until mikey barra and the team at blizzard decide to make us a uh a proper Diablo 4, which I'm sure is in development. All right, and our final wrap-up story is that Crusader Kings 3 has been announced for the PC, and it'll be available day one on Xbox Game Pass for PC. If you want to buy the game, it's on Steam, but it's also on Game Pass, so interesting. Uh, Here's a quote for you about the announcement. It says, Crusader Kings 3 is a grand medieval simulator where you are free to live out any plausible ruler fantasy that we could think of, but not without challenge, says Henrik something something European, the game director, seeing its predecessor explode in popularity was very satisfying, especially considering that the user friendliness was never a primary goal. Now we have a chance to address an even larger audience. The game will hit PC sometime in 2020. 
so I wonder if this is going to be them trying to make that game more accessible. The fact that it's going to be an Xbox Game Pass game and that in his announcement he says, you know, like trying to make the game. For those that don't know, Crusader King is kind of like a, a cumbersome, super complex strategy game and kind of intentionally so. It's supposed to have all that. It's supposed to have all that kind of nerdy, nitty gritty detail stuff uh, to kind of make the game more enveloping for those kinds of more hardcore players. But the fact that they're going to release it on on Game Pass tells me that either they think there's a wider audience for this game than they had originally envisioned when they made the first Crusader Kings back in 2004, or they're trying to work on making this one a little more accessible than previous entries, and in order to kind of push that to market, they're going to utilize a service like Game Pass to make that low barrier to entry lower and to kind of get more people in the door to try out the game and, and maybe discover uh, a franchise they'd never played before that they might now like. Who knows? Um, but you got to understand, like, with a, game, with a service like Game Pass, I mean, I assume this works a lot like Games with Gold or like PlayStation Plus games where Microsoft probably pays these guys a lot of fucking money to get these games on Game Pass because obviously they're not going to make money off the game being on Game Pass if, you know, it's like they don't get a profit of, of the subscription service. So I, I'm sure Microsoft pays out the ass to do these, especially when it's like a day and date release on Game Pass. That's another thing is I wonder if the developers are, are a little gun shy and they think that maybe this game won't do too well on its own and it needs a platform like Game Pass to kind of help to help it thrive or to help it kind of justify the development cost. I mean, we'll, we'll see, but this is an interesting one for Microsoft to, to jump on and get in bed with and to kind of spend the, the money on because this is definitely more of a niche game. It's definitely more of a hardcore game, but it's another great reason to be on Xbox Game Pass because it is a game you can play the day it comes out for free on Xbox Game Pass. All right, and that's going to do it for our news, but speaking of Game Pass games that come out, uh, the day of release on Game Pass. Um, Outer Worlds is coming out this weekend, so definitely look forward to that. Uh, I'm planning on playing that tonight when it launches or tomorrow morning or whenever it comes out. Um, it is the first game from Obsidian in quite a while, uh, and while they are now technically a, an Xbox-owned studio, the game is not an Xbox exclusive because they already had that publishing all those deals worked out for this game before Microsoft acquired them. Uh, so it will be out on PS4 if you're on that platform, PC, and eventually it's coming to Nintendo Switch as well. But for all of us awesome Xbox gamers out there, we don't have to buy the game. We just got Game Pass. It's there. It's free. Enjoy it. It looks pretty good. It's getting some great reviews. I'm really excited for it. I love the aesthetic of this game. It's got like that colorful, vibrant No Man's Sky look, but with like an actual detailed world that they, and what really excites me is the developers are touting that it's not too open world and it's not too long of a game and that they don't want to disrespect your time by making one of those obnoxiously open, massive open world games where you just explore for endless hours and the world's boring and uninspired like Zelda Breath of the Wild and the characters are boring and uninspired like Zelda Breath of the Wild and, this, and the quests are boring and uninspired like Zelda Breath of the Wild or Skyrim. They're actually just going to make you know, a more, a, a smaller scale open world game that focuses more on the writing, the comedy, um, and the kind of quests and objectives being more thoughtful, which is way more valuable to someone like me than just making a game massive for the sake of making it massive like Zelda Breath of the Wild. So definitely be looking forward to that this week as it comes out. I'm super excited to fucking get into that game and I'm off work tomorrow. So I'm going to go, I'm going to play a whole lot of it, hopefully. 
in addition to that, other games I've been playing this week, I've been playing a little more World War Z, some Halo 5 Infection to get into that Halloween spirit, because Halo 5 is always amazing, it's literally the only fucking game I play, and I'm just tired, of, I don't have to defend myself anymore, I love Halo 5. Other than that, let's go over, let's round out the week with uh, going over Games of Gold one more time, and the 15 games that are coming to Xbox this week. We'll start with those games, uh, there are, like I said, 15 games coming this week, but really only the last three games coming uh, at the end of this list are really of any note. So we'll just kind of blast through that first part. Of course, for those who are unfamiliar, this is the part of the show where I read to you or explain to you what the new game releases are based solely off a screenshot of the game and nothing more. All right, our first game is East Shade. It is a game where you play as owl people and they're holding... It's, it looks like an owl couple. I don't mean to assume the genders, but one certainly looks female while the other looks male. And um, they're kind of locked in arms. It looks like they kind of have that look where they're like looking at their kid as it's like growing up or something, admiring their child. Uh, but I don't know what they're looking at because you don't see that. You see a, you, you don't see that perspective. So I see the owl couple. They're a human hybrid owl couple. And they're here in the middle of this beautiful forest. The art style looks stunning, honestly. Um, but in the background, you can see this kind of like Stonehenge uh, thing. I don't know. It's, it, it strikes me as one of those European games. So if you're into that kind of thing, you can go exploring as owl people in that game. Our next game is called Farming Simulator 19 Platinum Edition. This is awesome. This game is fantastic. I played a regular Farming Simulator 19, and it was just okay. It was just more of the same. But this is the Platinum Edition. This is like the Bud Light Platinum of Farming Simulator. So it's going to have a higher alcohol content. Uh, so you'll be able to drink and drive your your tractors and things like that. So that's going to be a pretty fucking awesome game. Uh, it has over 380 plus machines to drive, including 35 plus new uh, CLAAS vehicles and tools. So that's just, I mean, pretty phenomenal way to experience that game. And you'll get that Platinum ABV. So that's really something to look forward to. Our next game is called WWE T 2K20. This, I know wrestling games, it's like they're pretty big with kids and wrestling fans, but not much else. Wrestling games are secretly the best fighters in the world because you get to play as men with their shirts off and it's very sweaty. And I'm really into that kind of thing because I think we don't objectify men enough. Uh, so just to have a game, I, I don't know, to me, it's like I'm falling apart here just trying to defend this game, but it's like the extreme beach volleyball equivalency of, of male games so you get to play as all these male wrestlers they get hot and they get sweaty and they, they jump around you see their pecs and their glorified abs it's kind of just again like i said it's objectifying men but it's it's really quite worth it because it's a it's a it's a great game and of course it is xbox one x enhanced so if you really want to see those those tight sweaty abs in hdr you'll be able to get all that good shit in 4K HDR. Our next game is called Street Outlaws. The list. This just looks like a Fast and Furious knockoff, which I assume is exactly what that is. You got two of those Dominic Toretto-looking cars, and they're they're burning out. They got smoke everywhere. They're popping wheelies. They're driving over the speed limit. The cops run out to get them. It's a really good game. Uh, it takes place in Oklahoma, though. Uh, our next game is called PBA Pro Bowling. This is a pro bowling game. I kind of actually want to play this because I, I love bowling. I've always wanted to play a bowling game. I've never actually played a, a bowling game. Maybe this is a... Do they make a Brunswick game, or is PBA, like, the official? Is that, like, the Madden of bowling games? I kind of want to play this. But, yeah, you know it would be a cool bowling game is if they got, like, a crossover. Uh, if they got, like, the Big Lebowski, and they got, like, the characters from that movie, and you could play as them in the bowling game, and you could play as the dude. That would be pretty cool. But this guy... I, the reason why I bring that up is because this guy in the screenshot kind of looks like the dude from that movie. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you love bowling and who doesn't love bowling, definitely go ahead and give that game $60 or more, honestly, just uh, donate to the developers. It's a great game. Our next game is called deep space rush. 
It is a you may have heard of 16-bit game, you may have heard of an 8-bit game. This is a four, this is a this is a 3-bit game. This game looks awful. Uh, but you, you blast things, and your character is such a tiny sprite on this massive screen. I don't know how you'll not lose track of where they are, but you know you get weapons, you get HP, you get ammo, which means it's got some it's got some RPG influence. I know how much you guys love HP and mana and all that bullshit. So definitely check out Deep Space Rush if you're a fucking nerd. And then we got Door Kickers Action Squad. Uh, now this looks definitely like a like a like classic 8-bit indie shooter action game. I really wish this game was just about kicking doors. Like, it's just a game where you fucking... That'd be cool. Like, it's like a platformer where you got kick doors or something. It's like a combination of, like, Celeste and uh, Portal. But instead of using portals, you just kick open doors. I, I like it. I like it. I love it. Now I'm now I'm going to recommend Door Kickers to everyone. I'll probably go and talk to my church about that this Sunday, actually. Um, our next game is called Lornswood Winter Chronicle. This looks like some kind of RTS bullshit. It looks kind of like Dungeon Siege, actually. So you'll see elements of fire and ice. You'll probably see some dragons. You'll probably see some people with really greasy hair because they don't shower in this time period. You'll probably see some people with um, with a mithril armor. Is that from mithril armor? That's the one from RuneScape, right? Um, so you'll definitely see some of that. And I appreciate that it takes place in a snowy setting because I haven't seen winter in a long time. Uh, our next game is called Caretaker Game. This looks like a horror game. That's nice. That's that's timely, right? It's timely. It's out now. Uh, and this picture just shows a really decrepit like dungeon room with some candles and some blood writing on the wall. It says, Til, Till Death Do Us Part. So maybe, I could be wrong, maybe it's just a marriage simulator game, honestly, if that's, if that's what it's talking about. Uh, but it's Xbox One X enhanced, so if it is a game about marriage, I assume you'll really be able to enhance uh, the quality of your marriage th by playing this game on the Xbox One X. So if you're a One X owner and you're looking for a, a happy wife, happy life, go ahead and download Caretaker Game. Our next game is called Lonely Mountains Downhill. It's a biking game. It's an indie game. It's a polygon game. It's a Flappy Birds game, and it's on Game Pass, so just play it for free, you dumb idiot. Don't ask me what I think. Our next game is called Cat Quest 2. It's an RPG. You play as cats. It has some deviant art looking shit, and it's Xbox One X Enhanced, which means it's a beautiful fucking game, which means it's a game of the year, which means, which means fucking Digital Foundry needs to do a video on it, breaking it down, because it looks beautiful. Next game is called Pixel Gladiator. It's a shooty game. It's an 8-bit game. It's an indie game. It's a uh, looks like there's a camera button. I don't know what that does, but yeah, I mean you fight monsters, so that's pretty cool actually. I appreciate it. it looks kind of like a it looks kind of like like a space alien game on Earth. So actually, actually doesn't look bad. There's me saying something positive about an indie game. Our next game is called The Outer Worlds. So this is on Xbox Game Pass and it's Xbox One X enhanced. Uh, so judging by the screenshot, we see a, a girl shooting a blaster and the blaster is like shooting some red energy out of it. And she's definitely in one of those planets from No Man's Sky. So this is basically, I assume it's a it's a crossover. It looks like, I don't know, the character's face looks kind of weird. So I assume it's like a Mass Effect Andromeda, No Man's Sky kind of crossover. Um, but it's Xbox One X Enhanced. So when I say No Man's Sky, I mean like the later No Man's Sky, the better version where they updated it and then still no one played it. Um, and it's on Game Pass, so it's free to play. So if you're into that kind of thing of like mashing together two bad games into one, uh, who knows? You might you might find this game is, is suiting your needs. Our next game is called Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So this is it shows a picture of this army guy holding a gun, but he has like a GoPro on his head, and then there's a surveillance camera in the background, 
And so like all these kinds of cameras in here, I feel like it's just kind of um kind of a social commentary on how we're always being watched, you know, whether it's Google, Apple, Microsoft, the major tech companies, Amazon, everyone's taking our information, everyone's tracking us, we're constantly being watched, we're under surveillance. And I think it's it's a Call of Duty game. I my guess is that this is a Call of Duty game that's not about fighting, you know, people fighting people, but rather about people fighting for privacy. So it's really it's really a game about 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 fighting for our freedoms as Americans to maintain and uphold our own, our own freedom, our own right to, to be private, you know, whether that means to be like a, like a military private or to be like a a person with a penis private or like uh, just to be a private person, like it's a person that likes privacy. Uh, There's just so many ways to be private in this game. So I I don't know why they don't just call it call of duty, private warfare, Um, but it is Xbox one X enhanced, which leads me to believe there will be a whole mode that's only for PlayStation four players um, that Xbox gamers will be robbed of. Uh, And then our final game, perhaps the most important game of the, of the week is let's sing country. Oh yes. Okay. In this game, you'll be able to sing country. You'll get a microphone. You'll get an Xbox. They'll play, they'll play you some Luke Bryant. They'll play you some Kenny chestnut. They'll play you some, some Bradley Cooper and you'll just sing country. And it's just going to be, it's going to be honestly amazing. My, my guess is that you'll probably just be able to use the connect and sing to that. Um, so it's just, I, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those games where it's like rock band Four, guitar hero, um, live you know these 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 games these rhythm games tried to make a comeback a few years ago and they kind of fell flat on their face because the market really didn't want them back um but you got to be fucking kidding me if you think a game like let's sing country can't come in and clean house in 2019 are you really going to tell me that what the market isn't clamoring for is is a country singing music game so like let that sink in for a second because i i for one can't fucking wait to play this game unfortunately it's not xbox one x enhanced which leads me to believe it's going to have a lot of older country music which is pretty shitty but nonetheless we're finally getting another let's sing country game and that's all i could ever ask for so rounding out the week we're going to just go over real quick a quick reminder our xbox one games with gold for the month of october you can no longer get tembo the badass elephant just kidding you can you can get that for the rest of october so that's still available for you you also got friday the 13th the game which is available until November 15th. Disney's Bolt is the game you can no longer get. So fuck you, that's gone. In Ninja Gaiden 3, Razor's Edge is uh is on Xbox One X 360. And it's here. It's here for the rest of the month. So go ahead and download that Dollar Shave Club. Ninja Gaiden Razor's Dollar Shave Club for free. And you'll have all the free games of the month. And then we'll learn about October's games pretty soon here. So stay tuned for that. And that is going to do it. That's going to do it for our for our, our, our additional, our new episode, our current episode, the most current episode of Xbox On. It's done. We hit the hour mark. We're just about at the hour mark, but I'm going to edit this down so you fuckers won't have to listen to it for an hour. Save someone some fucking ear bleeding. But as always, greatly appreciate listening to the show. Go ahead. Remember to rate me five stars. You know, I realize I ask you every week to rate me five stars on iTunes and other services, and but I never check to see if you're actually rating me. Today I checked. You're not rating me. What's up with that? What's what's up with that? Can you do reviews on Google Play and, and Castbox and stuff like that and Spotify? Can you do reviews on any of that shit? Because if you can, you should. Oh, don't forget to share the YouTube video as well and to follow me on social media. You can follow me on social media at ingredients, cane sugar, natural, and artificial flavors, artificial color, yellow five, yellow six, red 40, blue, red three, blue one, blue one lake, blue two lake, 
Red 4D Lake, Yellow 5 Lake, distributed by Disney Theme Parks Merchandise, Lake Buena Vista, Florida, 32830, copyright Disney, made in USA, and on Twitter at um, fuckboy.